Podo. You're listening to Movers and Shakers, a podcast about living with Parkinson's. The show is generously sponsored by Boardwave, an exclusive European networking community for software CEOs. Boardwave is a passionate supporter of Cure Parkinson's. For more details on the charity's progress around research and its fundraising, please visit cureparkinsons.org.uk. Hello and welcome to episode, I think it's 12 of Movers and Shakers. I'm Rory Kathleen-Jones. We're back in the pub for the last laugh and moan in the current series. And that's the big news. So warm has been the reception for this madcap venture that after a short summer break, we're going to have a second series. More about that later. First, let's have a roll call. Nicholas Mostyn. Gillian Lacey-Solomar. Jeremy Paxman. Mark Mardell. Paul Mayhew Archer. We do seem to be quiet. Now, as I said, the reaction to this podcast has been amazing. You've been telling us it's made a huge difference to you and the way Parkinson's is perceived. So we thought we'd have a mailbag edition, choosing uh, some of your messages, most of them, if not all, pretty positive. We've each chosen two. So, Mark, you're on first. Let's hear your first letter. Yeah, Chris Harris has written and he said he's not a sufferer, but that might need a yet added to it because his dad had it and his dad had it too. So keeping himself informed is important. And I like the way that so many people who don't have Parkinson's also like this podcast. But he said, I just listened to the exercise episode. Very much identified with Mark's lifelong disinclination to sport and exercise. I'm the same, never played any sport, never joined a gym and was fortunate enough never suffer any consequences. But he decided he ought to get fit in case he does get this or anything else. And he recommends that I try it. 5BX, which is a Canadian Royal, Royal Air Force exercise. Ah, oh, the legendary Royal Canadian yes. Air Force. It's a bit retro, but it's designed to be done in remote bases for 11 minutes. So from the remote base of my Surrey home, <laughs> I've been doing it. And is it working? Yeah, it's... <laughs> you don't sound very convinced. Yeah, I'm adapting it with a few other bits and pieces that are less arduous than their... Lying down bits. <laughs> their lying down bits. But yes, and I'm going to Tai Chi tomorrow for the first time. Oh, oh wow. So yes, well, my exercise well regime is progressing. You are looking lean and mean, I have to say. Leaner and meaner. Yes. Yeah. Gillian, what's your first choice? Well, my one was about... It was by a girl called Sophie who was talking about her mum, actually. And she was saying how much it had helped them to talk about Parkinson's, which it sounded like they didn't do as a matter of course. So she said, thank you for making this podcast. My darling mum was diagnosed with PD about five years ago. And with a brother and father who aren't that talkative at the best of times, I feel (laughs) quite alone with the feelings and questions I had. It's nice to no longer feel that way. My mum has moved to the south of France since her diagnosis, where the sun seems to be doing her a lot of good. Does me a lot of good as well, that. Mm, I must go and visit her. But we listen to your podcast weekly and discuss each episode. It's good for me to broach the topic of her PD without feeling like I'm prying or being negative. And then she goes on to say, which I thought was quite interesting, and damn it, I meant to look up the statistics, but didn't. She says, I wonder why there are so many more men diagnosed than women. This gender split is reflected in your hosts. Does anyone know what it is, the gender split? But it's not five to one. It's not five to one. We are not representative. No, but then we're not representative, I suppose, of lots of things. In many respects. Yes. So she says, keep it up, etc. And um, they enjoy it. And I'm so pleased it's causing people to talk about it because I think that's a very big 
issue. Yeah. yeah, and people talking about having been isolated before, and I think we should perhaps think in the second series about doing an episode about that, about yeah. isolation. And so really important, that might one. be a good yeah. subject. Judge, Nick, Sir Nicholas, what have you got for us? I've um, got a letter here which is not entirely positive. What? Anne writes and says, that while she does not have Parkinson's and knows no one with the disease, and she's found the podcast informative, she's been feeling uncomfortable as she puts it, about the increasing sense of privilege within the contributors. It started mm. with talk of personal trainers, personal assistants, then moved into provision of chaise longue, <laughs> four exclamation marks after that, and this week's discovery that the judge's physician is the top man in the field. She says, while I'm sure sufferers from many backgrounds are finding discussions helpful, spare a thought for those less fortunate and how they may be coping and maybe think about representing them in some way. And then she says perhaps with a touch of irony, keep up the good work. Well, we all feel less fortunate compared to you, Nick. Yeah. Well, Well, thank you. Uh, I've got here another correspondent wrote, said, having just listened to your podcast on exercise, I found myself more and more irritated. Personal trainers, skiing, horse riding, we don't have access to these exercises, particularly personal trainers who many can't afford. And another one said, although I enjoyed the work episode, it was rather elitist and didn't manage to escape the world of a group of media and professional types equipped with healthy pensions. I think this is a good point. It is a good point. Well, I'm I, not quite sure what we could do. We just have no, to get rid of well, it. Yeah, get, yeah. No, we, we're, on, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. We are all well off. What I earn is published on the internet, and you can look it up. I do an extremely difficult job in, in, in exchange for it. I won't be doing that for much longer. But I do accept and acknowledge we're all well off. We're influential. We're quite used to getting our way. But we are what we are. We obviously shouldn't try and reinvent ourselves for the purposes of this podcast. We've, we have tried to introduce the voices of people with the condition who are less fortunate than ourselves. But I think we must emphasize the condition knows no hierarchy. The condition itself knows no hierarchy, and our guests have expressed their views for the benefit of everybody. For example, I would think Professor Chowdhury, who is described here as the top man in the field, he is the top man in the field. He works as an NHS consultant at a hospital in London. He wasn't expressing his views for the benefit only of an elite group, but he was expressing them for everybody. Yeah, but I think the point is we could look more at, say, free exercises on online and yes. stuff like that. Yeah, we could. Well, it's definitely something to be aware of. I've got my first letter here. What I find interesting is when our listeners actually teach us something. I've certainly learned something. This is about something called an apomorphine pump, which I hadn't heard of. And it's from a Caroline Parker, whose, whose brother John was diagnosed with Parkinson's disease 13 years ago. Over the past 13 years, we've experienced so many of the issues mentioned by you all. What we'd particularly like to highlight is that DBS, we had a whole episode on deep brain stimulation, is not suitable for everyone, and there are other alternatives which should be considered. John was on the list for DBS, but due to his susceptibility to hallucinations, it was decided not to pursue it, at least for the time being. Whilst waiting, it was suggested he try a D-mine apomorphine pump. The pump gives John medication every five minutes. It comes on at 4 a.m., increases dose from 8 a.m. to 10 p.m., and drops down at 11 p.m. It needs to be finely tuned, but John no longer freezes. His movement is good, and he's halved the number of pills he takes. So I was That's a story. quite 
yeah. taken by that. I, something well, I hadn't, had you heard of that, Gillian? Yeah, I was. I took apomorphine before the DBS, actually, not on a pump, but I had to inject my tummy with it. And for me, it was so traumatic injecting myself. It didn't work for me, I have to say, but it's really good to hear that it's worked for him. Caroline, by the way, has a PS to her letter. In episode two, we were amused when the judge was talking about being polyamorous. We misheard and thought he said polyamorous. (laughs) (laughs) You'll be hearing from my lawyers later. (laughs) Um, So, Jeremy, it's it's your turn. Um, I think you've got a a letter about how... I've got a letter from Fanula Early about how family can interpret changes. Thank you, thank you, thank you, she begins. This makes a huge difference to my partner, who was diagnosed 10 years ago at the age of 48. He's not the sort of bloke to go to support groups, so this is a real insight and offers support and confidence to him as the disease progresses. The episodes on medicines was particularly helpful. I wonder if you might ever look at how the families of Parkinson's sufferers deal with changes. From my experience, it's difficult to interpret facial expressions and deal with changes in speech, mood and behaviour. Is it the drugs slash disease or just ageing into a more difficult bugger? (laughs) Do Parkinson's sufferers ever even notice changes in their behaviour, e.g. slight OCD or not living in the moment, etc.? I've never heard of it. Yeah, well, no, but that that is an interesting point. Sometimes we ourselves don't notice and our partners do. Yes, Mm. yeah, yeah. My wife constantly says now how obsessive I've become about Parkinson's. I mean, I am. Well, you are obsessive yeah, about that's it. That's the trouble, yeah. yeah. Come on, but Paul. You're, always, you're, you're going off and giving concerts at places about Parkinson's, no, the, are, the funny side. There are a lot of ambiguities. <laughs> As I've been sitting here, I've been trying to work out whether Rory's hand waving in my direction is to shut me up or is dyskinesia. Yeah. <laughs> that is interesting. You, you were the first one to spot yes. that I got this dyskinesia in my You right have, hand. in that right, right. hand. He's and got two a... fingers up right yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> Paul, uh, what have you got to close the first round of letters? Well, my first pick from the letters is this one from Alan, who says, I was told by my consultant, who I have a great deal of faith in, that PD is not associated with pain. Well, from your podcast discussions, that is clearly not the case. I have shoulder pain, and whilst I realise my shoulder pain has a clear skeletal root, I wonder if PD is known to aggravate such conditions. And the reason I've chosen this is because the pain is the thing that worries me. And after our last get-together, Gillian suffered extraordinary pain. She did. As we, we were leaving. and we I remember clamper. And we had to mm. unclamp her. As f- yeah. and, and I remember finding that absolutely terrifying. And it's because I've started getting sort of cramps in my foot. And I can get rid of them fairly easily at the moment. But I worry about the future and getting rid of the, the cramps. You don't um, want to be me when you grow up. I, I don't want to be you, no. <laughs> Though I admire you in many ways. I don't want to be you. Yeah, and that's why I, this this letter resonated with oh, well, me. Well, it's a good letter. And you held up your phone. You typed onto it. I can't communicate. I find it very difficult to communicate. Yes, yes. I was amazed. I managed to write that on because yeah. normally yeah. that was that was, that was uh, quite a yes. sobering moment. It was indeed. Yeah. yeah. 
So that that's the first round. Second's out round two. Mark, what's your second? Well, my email? next choice is a multifaceted email, and she didn't know in Malin didn't just send an email. She sent some music. So she says in Cardiff we just got Sparky Samba, S Parky Samba off the ground, exploring whether Samba percussion has a beneficial effect like dance, but simpler movements, more complex brain work, memory and concentration could be very good for neuroplasticity. Which I think is very interesting. Maybe we do an episode on dance. I've been pushing for a while. She also goes on to say, I see that Paul Mayhew Archer will be at the World Parkinson's Congress in July. Hope you do something about it. Cue Paul. Well, we are going to do something well, about yeah, that. Three, yeah, three of us are going, aren't we? Three of us are going. I'm going to do a session at the World Parkinson's Congress. What does a session mean? Well, I'm going to do some, some comedy about oh, very good. a bit of my show. Your show? Excellent. Yeah. A show in Barcelona? In Barcelona, yes. And what are we going to do, Rory? Well, I think we're going to go along and heckle Paul. <laughs> and and we'll, we'll think about whether... There's you any should pos- do a podcast. Well, we're, we're thinking podcast. about that. Yeah, a mini podcast. A mini podcast. We'll, mm. we'll, we'll see how we do. Podcast uh, On our own, out there with you know me waving a microphone. Maybe. Yes, I'm sorry not to be there, but I will be... Doing my very last something privileged. No, no, my very, <laughs> my very last time. Would you be a blind board? No, I was sitting. In, I shall be sitting in Swansea, doing my last ever circuit city uh, before the, the curtain comes down. The so. nation mourns. The nation mourns. Yeah. Oh yeah. So get your black cap out. Just to finish off. <laughs> Owen Mullins, uh, email. She says of one episode, there's probably half a dozen issues in the content that could each warrant a podcast on their own, and I think that's true of a lot of the things that we've done. We could unpack them more. So, I mean, I'm keen to hear what people want. Yeah, do get in yeah, touch yeah. if you've got ideas mm. for what, what we should tackle next. So, Gillian, what's your second I went for short and sweet and I thought funny, although Jeremy may disagree. This was Andy who wrote to us, and he was following up from somebody last time who talked about uh, Parkinson's symptoms being like a pick-and-mix or a multiplex cinema. And so he was going with this multiplex cinema theme, and he says, I've checked out the listings for our local Parkinson's multiplex. Screen one. <coughs> The Mask. Screen 2, Frozen. (laughs) (laughs) Screen 3, Sleepless in Seattle. All seems horribly relevant, doesn't it? And screen 4, Shaking Stevens in concert. There we are. Keep on smiling, he says. You too, Jeremy. Maybe that's why Jeremy didn't like it. Excellent. Hmm. Nick, you've got another letter? This is not one suggesting judges are elitist again, is it? Not quite, but it is another more on the same criticism. This is a letter from... Sevi, who in fact he put it on the Facebook page and he wrote, I really think that inviting in all the experts and specialists to contribute is rather detracting from the original appeal of the podcast. You are in danger of overwriting your own experiences and overthinking the issues because of the real fact that you can as privileged and educated individuals. You mentioned the 150,000, more by now, who've been diagnosed and countless more who haven't had the news. What about the workers? I was happy to listen to your earlier banter than to have neurological specialists add to the terror. If we need this, YouTube and other sources have all the grisly detail of living with Parkinson's. It's enough to depress even those of us on the happy pills. Well, this fetched rather a, how should I put this, spirited response Mm. on the Facebook page. For example, and this is uh, the one that uh, I'm able to publish, Philly Mm. wrote, My entire family is glued to the podcast. My father has Parkinson's. The change in him since the podcast started is significant. His own consultant is nothing like as informative as those guesting on the pod. It's as though he gets a free consultation every week, and for this we're extremely grateful. The humour and experience of the pod hosts in the pub 
Yeah, okay. Setting makes it a delight. Yes, many resources are available online, but the pod brings us together as a family and being able to discuss it. Above all, my father stopped feeling so alone in dealing with the condition. It's a godsend for him, and I'm sure for many others. It's sad you don't enjoy it. <laughs> reading between the lines, I think there's a short two-letter phrase going on here. But I hope that after reading some comments, you will understand how valuable this podcast is to many people. Yes, well, so, I, I tell you what's <clears> interesting. <throat> when we did the medication podcast, I thought at first, oh, maybe that's a bit too kind of in the weeds. So did I. And then the reaction was extraordinary. Yes, we got all sorts of letters mm. saying, and it was really fascinating, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah. The, I think I've been po- banging on about this. You need both. You need light you and shade. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Yes, I, I do. I do think that because we've made the decision at an early stage we would have interesting guests, but we always had the intention of striking a balance between our original pub chat theme and the provision of some useful information. And I think we've done pretty well in striking a good balance, actually. And the other thing we should say is we were thinking about whether people think that's a good idea. It'd be interesting to know having our other halves on next. Oh uh, yes. Um, to talk about what it's like to them, and I wonder how that would go down. We'll see. Paul, I think we've got a second one from you. Yes, my second letter is this one from Pete. Mindfulness is a massively valuable tool in helping with all the non-motor symptoms. I teach mindfulness to children and I'm frequently struck by how easily they get it and adopt practising. It seems to me that adults find lots of reasons not to try it, yet when they do, they nearly always enjoy it. So I was wondering which of us has tried mindfulness or does it? What is it? I don't even know. Yes, I'm I'm, I've been confused. I've never really understood what it is. Meditation. It's being present in the moment, isn't it? Yeah, and what do you think of that? Well, it's crap, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Well, there we are. You see, now here, I think think the reason we don't try mindfulness and children do is because the language that is used to describe mindfulness is rather airy-fairy and sort of pretentious. And I think my challenge to our listeners... Because I think mindfulness is rather brilliant. And I, my challenge to listeners is to come up with a way of describing mindfulness that would make Jeremy want to do it. <laughs> <laughs> hello, trees, hello, flowers. <laughs> <laughs> so that's it. Come up with the answer. A good moment to get Jeremy's second choice. Well, this is from Mo Kehoe, who talks about constant falls. In 2019, I was diagnosed with Parkinson's age 72. I've been following your podcast from day one and find it both very helpful and entertaining. We're all aware about the bewildering variety of symptoms and how everyone's experience is different. I was wondering if if any of you had experienced constant falls on a daily basis as I have. Yes, I have, old mate. (laughs) Yes, I thought this was... Most recently, last night. Oh, really? Right. It's not something I've read or heard about. I try not to look at Dr. Google, so my knowledge is limited. It's a very distressing symptom to have for many reasons. That really speaks to you, doesn't it, Jeremy? I mean, you, yes. you, that's it does, your... yes. yes. That has been my experience. I keep on falling over, and I am very, very dependent upon others to pick me up. We saw you on the one show the other night, a few a few weeks ago, describing that as your, your, your biggest... Uh, Biggest issue. Uh, is. I mean, are the falls? I mean, are they full falls? Sometimes they or are. Are they yes. just sort of collapsing onto your knees, or I mean, are they an actual going keeling over? Well, sometimes, that yes. Very. And it's not very, trips. You're not tripping up on something. You must be constantly frightened. I am frightened. It must be very tough for you. Well, 
I've got my second choice here. Josh, uh, thank uh, you. And my second choice has the unfortunate effect of ending up by bigging up Jeremy. But um, it's from um, <laughs> it's from a woman who has is writing on behalf taste. of her mum. Since listening to your first episode, I've been thinking about writing to say thank you. My mum was formally diagnosed with Parkinson's after a DAT scan in August 22. That was a confirmation after some time experiencing the symptoms. I discovered your podcast after searching for more of what I'd seen and heard in Jeremy's programme, Putting Up With Parkinson's. Even before I listened to your first episode, I shared the link with my mum. She really likes listening to your podcast. So thank you. And a special thank you is owed to Jeremy. When he interrupted Rory, who was trying to close the exchange with Professor Chowdhury, and demanded to ask his question, I thought he might ask something personal about his medicine, utter another gripe about the slow progress of the science, or even ask, did you threaten to overrule him? (laughs) But no, Jeremy Paxman, ever the journalist, wanting to get out the important stuff, asked about what someone should do if they think they recognise a symptom of Parkinson's. It brought me to tears to think of the good that your show is doing for people. Please, please keep moving and shaking. So we will. That, 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 we so will. Nice. I thought that was rather wonderful. Right, we're we're now on to any other business. I think I define this. First of all, has anyone seen the movie with Michael J. Fox? I have about, about his life. I have indeed. I was very. Have you? Yes, I have seen it. It's on Apple TV, for which you had to pay a, a subscription. And um, it is a personal portrait. It's not exclusively about Parkinson's. It's not That's exclusive. It's a personal portrait of how he has dealt with it with his wife, who is a wonderful support in the same uh, vein as all Tracy our, Pollen, uh, and she is a wonderful woman. There's a wonderful anecdote <coughs> in it about how they first met on, on set when he was yeah. a rising star yeah. and he was mean to her and she told him, don't be a, an effing yeah. loser or whatever. And uh, I think it was an effing a-hole. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And... and uh, and she rea- he realised that she was a good yeah. woman. Yeah. Wow. But uh, I was when Jeremy was talking a moment ago about how a fall can be just around the corner, which I can't really get my head around the idea <laughs> that a fall is just around the corner. Michael J. Fox conveyed that that for him it was, and he had that marvelous trainer to look after him. But it, for him, it was obvious that a fall was just around the corner. He went out and he started walking and he fell over, and having that possibility just around the corner it must be such a difficult life to lead i found him inspiring and frightening at the same time i I did an interview actually with the the director of the movie i said to him just watching him charging down the street which he still does looking like you know a a puppet in a way and crashing around was kind of scary because you think that's what's coming to me Mm. but he's still doing it he's got he's got no fear and he's he's been doing it for more than 30 years he has I haven't seen it, but hasn't he got this great line, Parkinson's the gift that keeps on taking? Yes, yeah. yes, yes, that's <laughs> it. Yes. Yeah. And he's, yeah. he's also got, a, almost as good as yours, Paul, a perfect comic touch. Yeah. Yes, you know, so, since you've come out with, with Parkinson's, what's it been like for you? So, I've still got it. Yeah. And how's it affected your relations with your family? He said, I'm still married. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would urge everyone to watch the Curb Your Enthusiasm episode. Uh, yeah. just, he shows a bit of that. It's yeah. just it's magnificent. Cool. Funny yeah. and yeah. he's an inspiration to us all. And Gillian, you you've got some any other business? You've got something to plug? Oh, I have. I have definitely got something to plug because it's like changing career now. I have written a musical and I'm taking it to Edinburgh. And if some parky people would like to come, I would be thrilled to bits if they would. So it's about a woman called Emma, who was Nelson's mistress, and it seems through the eyes of the press. And it's called Irrepressible. 
which hopefully is a memorable name, and it's on in Edinburgh, if you look that up. I won't give details of when and where exactly, but it's a 13th. So did you write everything? Not the music. There's a musical with uh, someone else wrote the music called Carrie, who's very, oh, very, very talented. It's odd that I'm writing a musical because um, I'm tone deaf, but anyway. But oh. I write lots of poetry. What, what's the sto- what does Emma get up to? Well, Emma Hamilton. Do you know oh, it's Emma, yeah, Hamilton. Emma Hamilton. That Emma. Oh, yes, I, that Emma. Okay. You could have called it Hamilton, but yeah. that would have been... The, the, the working title was the other Hamilton. My dad made... His only movie was A Bequest to the Nation, which was the story of Lady Hamilton and Nelson. Was it? Yeah. Oh. Bit of a disaster. Featured Glenda Jackson. They didn't get on. Oh. Um, huh. We are, we are in a moment... It's a story about hear, the impossible divorce laws they had at the time. Well, we are in a moment going to hear more about Gillian's creative talents but we're now about to take a short break the judge is going hang gliding in Azerbaijan (laughs) thank you very much Jeremy is trying out as a stand-up comic on Skegness Pier and Mark now an exercise fiend is doing the Marathon des Sables Uh, (laughs) and what about you that that is private we'll be back in September and we'll be launching the second series with a bang we're going to have a movers and shakers live show a sort of question time at the Middle Temple Hall. We'll have more details of that on all of our social channels. But before we go, one last thing, as they say. After a period when her symptoms had been particularly bad, Gillian shared on our WhatsApp group a poem she'd written, and we all agreed it was brilliant. So we're going to get together to read it. Gillian, before we start, just, just tell us about it. I think you were all quite shocked when I couldn't speak and, could, and was in so much pain. And you all wrote very nice messages about the Parky God, saying, we hope the Parky God is good to you. And I like this idea of a Parky God. So in the middle of the night when I was up, as I often am, I just penned this between sort of two and three in the morning. And then I can't remember whose idea it was for us all to read a verse each. So here it is. Nick's going to kick it off, aren't you? The Parky God. The Parky God. God is a strange sort of sod, not all-knowing nor all-seeing. He's an odd type of god and a weird sort of being. If feeling malevolent, he'll make us move in mysterious ways, if only to prove that he has the power, a power we lack, and which it appears we're not getting back. So we shuffle around and on good days we dance, and those who have balance may take a firm stance. And the rest of us, those who have voices, complain, or we suffer in silence like Brits in the rain. No, sorry, we don't. You almost forgot. To suffer is banned. It's not part of the plot. It has to be struck from our vocab. Be gone from the Parker's increasingly blank lexicon. So, no, we don't suffer. We simply exist while the pain, which does not grasp this ban, still persists. So do what we do. We meet at the pub. Well, we form ourselves into a grumbling hub. And when moaning is over, we all shuffle home. And we carry on shuffling all on our own. Hey, we can't leave it there on a miserable note. It's true, we all have it. All in the same boat. But the boat isn't sinking, so please do not panic. We're quite optimistic. It's not the Titanic. So let's conclude with this final idea. Without you listeners, both far and near, the podcast would be just us six in the pub. But, movers and shakers, we're all in that club. Thank you for listening. Now what to do? Wait a few weeks and then season two. Hooray! You've been listening to Movers and Shakers with me, Rory Catlin-Jones, and my friends Gillian Lacey-Solomar, Mark Mardell, Paul Mayhew-Archer, 
Nicholas Mostyn and Jeremy Paxman. The show is produced by Nick Hilton for Poddo. Our theme music is by Alex Stobbs and cover artwork by Till Lucat. Thanks again to Boardwave for their support. Please subscribe to get new episodes straight into your podcast app and do rate and review if you've enjoyed the show. We're also on Twitter at MoversAnd6, that's Movers and the number 6. So please share the show there and email any thoughts or questions to feedback at moversandshakerspodcast.com. Podcast.com.